Hi, and welcome back to Fandom After 93. I am Brett Naven. And I'm Matthew Skinner. And before we get started, remember, like, subscribe, do all that, and the big news. We're going to be on Spotify, iTunes, Podcast Addict. There was someone else on Reddit that asked me to add it to one thing. I will do that. I will look it up. We'll get it on there. Uh, so we will, We are expanding our horizons. We are becoming <laughs> big time, baby. As Notre but, Dame um, starts just going down the shitter, we're yeah. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> um, first off, I want to thank everybody you know um, that followed, uh, subscribed, liked the video last week. Uh, it was awesome. Um, and one thing we're going to start doing is we're going to read any comments that you leave on a site, as long as they're uh, relevant, as Matt said. Um, <laughs> We'll read them, and you know we'll give our opinion on them real quick. But uh, yeah, so leave a comment, and we'll read it out. Uh, the first one here is from Dusty Baloo, I think is it pronounced. Uh, he said, I'm glad you mentioned Bracey. I've pulled more hair out watching that guy get torched for years, and I found myself thinking, damn, he's balling out uh, regarding the OSU game. Yeah, uh, and he even he like was one of the defensive players in the Marshall game that actually I thought played pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and then another one was any chance of a Marshall recap? Welp, here we are. You know, you get what you <laughs> asked for. We're here. But yeah. Um, uh, you really want the, the Marshall recap? Does anyone really want the Marshall recap? <laughs> yeah, they probably <laughs> want to hear me mauled on here, man, and freak out. So uh, they're going to get it. Um, yeah. But yeah, leave us comments and we'll get to them. We'll read them give your opinion and yeah please uh keep up the support we really appreciate it okay well i guess we will get into the disaster that was marshall i feel like this was i don't want to say it was karma for us but like i remember our preview show we were like it's marshall dude like come on well what did i say 63 or 56 point win man god bless um, but yeah, if you want to start out, um, going over some of the game, feel free. Yeah, I won't go through the whole thing here. Uh, just capture some of the larger trends of the game. Um, I thought a couple okay plays that first drive, uh, and then they just kind of sold out again with this will be a common theme. I think that we revisit today of just the, I don't even want to say non-creative runs, just predictable runs at predictable times for, yeah. for a defense that was selling out in, in all the best ways for their team. But like that leaves them open to other types of plays that I think we actually took advantage of later in the game. Um, but yeah, so got, got to about midfield uh, traded punts. And then we also traded fourth down plays. It was getting a little, not nerve wracking, but I think by that point I was like, all right, this is just one of those similar Brian Kelly type games where it's just going to yeah, take like a Toledo game last year's. Yeah. just Well, I wasn't even thinking that I was thinking more like some of those games. I can't remember specifically where it just took us like a half to get going against mm -hmm. a, a quote unquote lesser opponent, which clearly is not true this time. Uh, and then after trading fourth down plays, 
we had just a terrible three and out backwards followed by, I think you got to give them credit. Like they just mixed it up with the run of the pass. Uh, mostly throughout the day, they ran it down our throats. Um, and it, it, they like had- their play calls too. Like what yeah. they were doing was nothing special. Like it no. was literally quick slants, little bubble screens, which I've been calling for, you know, and just running it down our throat. Like you said, 219 yards on the game uh, again. Yeah. And, and give them credit, right? Like, I, I don't know much about their offensive line, but that, that kid. Well, they said on the broadcast, they yeah. lost something absurd, like 130 starts on their offensive line. Yeah. That from Which, last year. If anything, that should show me, you know, Harry, he stand is back as the O-line coach, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and we still have some veteran years on our, o-line there's there's some yeah. who are still well you know, Carell, but he fucking sucks <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. well no i'm just saying it, it should give us hope that like you especially at a notre dame type place you know yeah. this whole atmosphere of rebuilding i hated it i hated it for 20 years since i was a kid when you heard that because it was like other sports teams don't have this and and other preeminent college teams don't seem right. to have it. and we, we weren't supposed to be a rebuilding team because right that, we were that's ranked what top five, but that's what it feels like it's falling into i'm with you and i will say the one thing i've always enjoyed about these potential blowout games which didn't happen obviously but is the opportunity not just to get 70 points someday before i die but actually getting in your backup players I, that's honestly where i had some hope it was last year we had a couple wins where yeah. by third or fourth quarter, you know, certainly the quarterbacks here had seen some time. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming I don't follow who's subbing in and out on the O-line, but I would assume that near the fourth quarter of these blowout wins that you, you're getting some time. Right. And if a Marshall can replace that many people and run for 200 yards at Notre Dame, mm-hmm. either our D line and the front seven is just well, atrocious, I'm- which I don't want to say they are. On that point, real quick. Um, yeah. Replacing all those guys. They brought in something like 24 guys in the transfer portal. And a lot of the upsets this weekend in college football, a lot of the teams brought in transfers. And I, I yeah. don't blame them. The transfer portal's there. Um, and I look at it, and while you still want to stay loyal to your guys, like I, I just feel like Notre Dame – yeah, we brought in Jack Cohn and Kane Madden and Brandon Joseph this year. I just feel like we're not using it enough to, like, wouldn't you think they'd want to bring in a transfer wide receiver? You know what I mean? Or something like that. It just seems like we're not using it enough uh, to our advantage. And I understand the, you know, academics and admissions are going to be harder to get people in, but there's still well, they people. Two guys from Harvard, right? Like, yeah. it's like we don't have been enough two players. Harvard, like, it's absurd. Yeah. So from that point, after, like I said, a very solid touchdown drive by Marshall, we came right back. And, and honestly, that was my first. I, I still wasn't worried. I know you were just I was freaking already out. losing it. Yeah. I, had, I think I had told you I had lost most of my emotion the night before in another sport game. But also I was like, it's fine. It's fine. It might take us three quarters, whatever. I, I literally didn't lose it until the pick six. And then I was just 
beyond belief at that point. I think I texted you at halftime. We were going to lose like 23 to 17. I I could just see, I could see the writing on the wall, man. I could just see it. I don't know. Well, after that, that next play, the next drive was an interception, but we forced them three and out and then still had traded a couple more punts before finally uh, the second to last, really the last full drive of, uh, of the half marching right down and actually calling plays that you know it, it it's like you felt a little desperate you know what i mean like that you had to kind of push the envelope a little bit yeah. with mixing up uh buckner with uh some of his little rollout runs which i thought were great plays and um some of those little tight end seam routes I, it well he baffled. played to the strength of his players on that drive instead of yeah. which makes makes stuff, it clear that tommy can do this but it oh, takes way too long for him yeah to adjust and come to these realizations that that and we'll get into that I'll, I'll yeah. get into that more and and so they actually came right back with a 12 play drive uh to hit we buckled down in the red zone got him to kick a field goal and then honestly the the biggest disappointing play aside from maybe the pick six uh in the second half was was the missed opportunity of the the bomb play which I know you said they should call that more. I think that was actually just well-designed for a defense that was in prevent mode. There was 12 seconds left in the half. Yeah, 15 seconds. So that was a beautiful call. It was right there, and Buckner just missed it. And and yeah. that's that's unfortunate. And he should put more air under that ball when that guy's that wide open. Like I, I've, I've been watching the, the Seahawks-Broncos game tonight, and Russell Wilson had this pass um, to Jerry Judy. Dude was open. By like ten yards, and he yeah. just threw it to make sure the guy would catch it, and he didn't lead him. You know, the guy kind of stood still for a second to make sure he, the ball would, you know, he'd catch it. That that's what you got to do on that when someone's that wide open. Just make sure you well, they catch it. It doesn't have to be on a dunk. And, and I don't want to blame Lindsay on this one, or um, who was it? Later, where it was behind him, I think that was Styles. Wow, um, in the second half, still should have caught it, but yeah, yeah. Um, but it is partially on receivers with the exact angle and steps that they run these routes, right? Right. And and that's that's a matter of practice. I I don't know who it was. I'm I'm pretty sure Buckner just missed the throw, but I think that's an undervalued. talent I, I don't know what you call it i think, like, I think it's just an experience on buckner dude like no it, it is but i, I think gotta that, lay the ball where you can get it i understand Lindsay kind of ran the route a little too deepish and kind of let up a little bit you know but as as a quarterback with buckner he's just got to see that the safety's up and he has all this open space you just got to make sure the receiver catches that I, I guess the, the the principle that I'm trying to say is that there there's that that it factor that certain quarterbacks have with multiple receivers, you know Quinn with Samarja and Stovall, Cawson yeah. with Floyd and Tate. It's that he knows he can trust where they're going to be, not just to get him out when he has to bail out and roll out, right? But that yeah. even on the plays he knows exactly when to throw it. He before they're even looking at it. Or he knows exactly when to pump fake to get them. That first interception, by the way, every interception, they were biting so hard. If he yeah. just had a little shoulder shrug, 
but again, that comes with play calling, but also trust. And, and you can tell that the only person that both quarterbacks just trust too much Mayor. is me. Yeah. I right. Mean, they, they do you blame them? Through. I don't. Shit. It is partly on the receivers and it's partly on the quarterbacks. It, and that's what I'm saying is that, that it's not only having the rare talent of a quarterback right. and the rare talent of really good receivers, but it's that, that just camaraderie and understanding of each other. Well, that, with the quarterbacks though, you know, yeah. they, and this is a point that you know, I really wanted to make is um, it's like a two-parter here. First part, when is the last quarterback that you can remember who was at Notre Dame really took strides as a quarterback while he was starting? I would what say Jimmy Claus. Like, like taking who, like who improved better. year after year, like substan. I don't want to say like super substantially, but they improved substantially year after year. Like Kaiser, a I, little bit, but he it wasn't. Like, he was 20, really good in his first yeah. year. Sucked the second year and was a pretty good his third year. Um, but then twenty sixteen, yeah. Look at Golson wasn't good. Um, he didn't improve. Yeah, it's, Lawton, for sure. I mean Tommy Reese, maybe. God no, don't say that. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean, but yeah, yeah. It's like I think it's Clausen. Like you it's saw him improve, and well, they threw him in there in 07 as a freshman. <laughs> so yeah, he had but, nowhere to go but up. But I yeah, mean, as a freshman, honestly, he looked better. Yeah, I mean, he's a different kind of quarterback, but he looked better than what Buckner's looking right now. To be honest with you, um, I, I don't know. And then the second part to that is, um. With the quarterbacks, and this goes into the development part I was talking about too. They they don't go through their progressions, man. And I don't have a problem with Buckner doing that per se. Is I'm okay with, and he's out for the year now. We didn't mention that he's he's done for the year, pretty much with a shoulder injury surgery. That's gonna yeah. suck. So it's gonna be fine. But with Buckner, I don't mind him going one, two, and then just running. But that's not what he's doing. He's he's just locked. I, I do want to see him develop as a passer, but you have to win games. So at some point, you got to just let the kid play his game. Because right now, he's not a polished passer by any means. So you just come over to him and say, hey, one or two reads and go. Um, because even with Pine, when Pine came in, man, there were so many—not so many, but I can remember like two or three times where he, the line did protect well. Like there were, it was a three or four man rush by Marshall. One of the few times the line protected well in the day. Um, and he's going, Definitely he's just staring at the right side of the field. Never looked yeah. at the left side of the field, and yeah. he had about six, seven seconds and. That that just drives me nuts, man. That's coaching. That's coaching. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and granted, you know, the first stringer is always going to get the more reps with the first team and with the with the quarterback coach. So that hopefully now that he's going to have to be the guy that improves quickly. But there was a reason that he's not a starter and Buckner was, and so yeah, that is very unfortunate. Um, and it's to just finish that point about the receivers. Yeah, I understand this isn't, you know, the great receivers of the past no. 20 years. But I'm just looking at the list of people who got stats on these last two games. 
Michael Mayer, great tight end. He's along yeah. the list of great tight ends we've had. Bauman, good tight end. He's still a, a solid. You could do work on his blocking, but yeah. Sure, but a good tight end. Yeah. Styles is a decent receiver. He knows how he's, to get he's open. He's a sophomore. He's developing. He's developing. Tyree, which you and I talked about yeah. um, the other day, I think they need to use Tyree the way they used Kyron last year as like five your touches. Five touches. Yeah. Un- Unreal. Well, all right, we'll finish this. I'm going to get into Tommy Reese and yeah. the issues well, I'm having. But, yeah. yeah. And, and then uh, I was just going to finish. I don't know. I haven't watched Thomas specifically. And then Lindsey, again, a decent receiver. You have enough there, right? Mm-hmm. To beat Marshall, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, let's just go quickly through the second half here. Um, coming out of the locker rooms, actually got him to punt, and then another uh, drive stalled on fourth down. I, I just want to say I like the confidence of midfield. He's like, hey, we're just going to go for it. Yeah. Um, he's not playing the, you know, the conservative game or the the numbers game. He's just saying, no, this is an emotional game, and he went for it. He just ended up not having the right play calls put in there. Um, holding Marshall to another field goal, and then we finally had that desperation moment again, coming down. And I mean, just that's look at when they started players. doing the the RPOs with Buckner. Like they started yeah. doing the QB well, reads. It's like you, you, that's what you should have been doing from the get go. And then when you're up twenty one to three, then start trying to make him become a passer. You know what I mean? I just don't understand it. Sorry. Yeah. No. They, I mean, they had a they had the benefit of a, a pass interference, but then you know, pass for thirty to to Gronk, uh, and then yeah, just. Tyler Buckner runs or, you know, little dinks out there in the flat. Uh, and then they held – this is really when I honestly started feeling like, all right, here we go. They got Marshall to punt after four plays the next drive and then got it back and then stalled out again. And this time we finally got a fourth down. But then we get to midfield and you got to you gotta be pissed off at your, your captain on the O-line getting a false start on third and three, making it third and eight. Yep. And then, yeah, it was an incomplete. They actually did call a pass, but, you know, third and long, if you do it too much. The, We've been the in way too many third and longs this year. It's exactly. absurd. To me, the turning point of the game was the next drive. So they punted. Um, it was it was fourth and eight. Too much to go for it a second time. They pinned him down. Let's just wait for my star of the week, punter. I, <laughs> I hate giving it to the punter, but damn. He's good, he's good, good man. Good, good. Um, they get him inside the 10. They got him at the six. And they were third and nine at the seven. When they got that next one on just like a little a little out route there, I was like, oh, they're gonna they're just gonna keep driving, and they're gonna get they're gonna get points. I don't know if it's a touchdown or a field goal. They didn't have another third down until third and goal, and then on that third and goal, that's when they went ninety five yards, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. started at the six. So Oops, that sir. first third and nine. That was the turning point for me. That's when we lost the game. And then third and goal at the three, the two linebackers, they had them. They flushed them out, and both linebackers rushed the quarterback. If mm-hmm. if one well, of the backside had- on that play, Brandon Joseph was covering the tight end. He slipped and fell. And that's why that yeah, but was were- so wide open. And the, well, But I'm with two- you on that. I'm with you on that. Yeah, there were two guys. If one of them had just stayed in the flat, it would have been – he couldn't have put it over him and gotten it down fast enough. Well, 
And so whatever. How are we going to respond? We're going to respond with probably the worst play of the year so far. Pick six. <laughs> Terrible read. Terrible read. Yeah. They were, well, that, they that was a bad it. read, but at the same time, Jaden Thomas. Didn't go that, back to the ball. That motherfucker yeah. can't create any separation. Like, yeah, all game, all game, he was just getting bullied. And that play highlighted that kid's game. It was awful. Yeah. It was a bad throw. But at the same time, like he's falling down when the ball's coming to him. Just garbage. Garbage play yeah. all around. At that point, I mean, you could get two scores in a regular game with five minutes left, but the way we were playing, you already knew it was over. Yeah. Uh, and to add literal insult to injury, uh, Buckner goes down on the next drive, followed shortly after by Pine's interception. Still Which got the was ball a back. Terrible throw. Yeah. Well, even on the drive that they ended up scoring, he had another one that went through the guy's hands that had the yeah, pick think, six. But they had and that then, substitution penalty thing. Uh, no, I meant earlier. There was one that oh. literally went through his hands to Michael Mayer uh, for a completion that should have been picked. Then they had a pick that was called oh, back because yeah. of the penalty. Then they got the touchdown. And I, I mentioned this to you. I don't think you should ever rely on this in any game, especially against Marshall at home. But that was a beautifully kicked onside kick. And, and the guys stared at him. It. And he's like, you got to see the line. Start diving because you can see the ball. You can see the speed. You can see the line. You're going to have to touch it right when it gets to that line because you know mm-hmm. they are. And instead, it was over the line before he started moving towards it. And, of course, the other guy got it. Anyway, you shouldn't rely on that. That just really special teams of things that are always going to piss me off for some reason. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, 219 yards rushing for them, 130 for us, 145 passing for them. I, I thought our secondary was the better half of our defense, um, 220 yards, but three interceptions for us. And for the second week in a row, not a single turnover generated by our defense. Yep. Oh, so. I want to get into the offense. I am so there's so many layers here. Um, I'll start out with the offensive line. Well, I'll go offensive line. Yeah, I'll go (laughs) offensive line, then receivers. I think we've already covered the quarterback pretty much. Um, And then we'll go running backs, and then I'll go to coaching. Um, Offensive line. I I I kind of gave them a pass last week. I said they were bad. I said they were bad. But we were like, it's Ohio State. They got talent. You know what I mean? They're they're good enough. They're gonna they're gonna get theirs. Marshall abused <laughs> them, abused <laughs> them, man. You would have thought we were playing against the Steel Curtain on that <laughs> offensive line. It was pathetic, pathetic, man. Um, it, it's just to think that was gonna be our strong suit. That's what I thought coming into the season. If you would have told me one unit on the team that I thought was going to be the best unit on the team, I would have said the offensive line. And they've possibly, I mean, it's been really bad, but they could possibly be the worst unit so far. Did you did you see the, I just saw a headline, I didn't actually read it, but like Patterson just like ran off the field after yeah. the game? threw off his uniform and stuff and part of me likes that and i get it so i I actually want to touch on that um yeah i don't want to name names because i don't know if our friends are listening to the show 
Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I grew up playing high level baseball. Um, and, you know, some of the captains on our team, they weren't leaders. They were selected to be captains because they were the coach's favorite. It's pretty much what it boiled down to. Um, or you could be really good, but not a leader. You know, like right, Jimmy. right. Right. But there was a difference between being a leading by example and being a leader. Like, I don't care. Both of those are captains. Uh, these people that were selected captains, one year I remember specifically, um, they, they, were the, they were the farthest things from captains, man. They were just yeah. egotistical dickheads. And, um, you know, I remember we lost a game to a team that we shouldn't have. And I, I lost my shit because I was tired of um you know just the way these guys were the way we played so, so i get what patterson's doing um but at the same time yeah. and, and i like that because sometimes when something like this happens you need someone to chew people out and lose their shit like i, I don't care you can be brothers at the end of the day like they say but yeah. you know what family does they hold you accountable and right. That that's sometimes I wonder with Notre Dame is are our players too nice? And I'm I mean this seriously. Like they're smart, they're good guys, but are they too nice? You know, they, they I don't think so. I, do they lack so... that edge of kind of just being an asshole sometimes when you need to be an asshole? Um, and I don't know. We're gonna find out this coming week what how they respond. Uh. I hope they come out and just, you know, go crazy. That's what I want to see because, God bless, I don't want to watch the game, but <laughs> I'm going to watch the game. I'm that fed up. But, yeah, I, so going back to Patterson, I, I, I like it, but at the same time, throwing off your jersey, I don't think that's the way you do it. Um, he is a captain, people's too, ass. So, like, yeah. it's, that's, a, that's a fine line between righteous anger and petty uh you know, sore yeah. loser. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, yeah. I don't know. I didn't see it. I just saw that headline and figured I'd mention it. But yeah, no, I, I understand what you mean. I do think that there's plenty of, there's been plenty of good leaders in recent years and that, that there are good leaders on this team. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're all football players that are four or five star talent. Like they're nasty, tough guys. They're, they're going to be able to, I don't know whether or not they're assholes, but like they're they're willing to be tough, angry mofos in the trenches. I'm convinced of that. Um, but yeah, how how they respond and really how the coaches harness that. I, this is where I thought Freeman would be in his element, but that remains to be seen. We can get into to the yeah. Coaching. I'll I'll get that when we get into coaching. Yeah. Um. All right, so, so O-line's fucking terrible right now. Um, it's got to be ter- better. Um, receivers, like you said, I thought Lorenzo Styles played decent. That drop on that long ball, he's got to catch that. Um, it was thrown behind him, but you still got to catch it. Uh, yeah. Lindsey, I, I just don't know, man. Like, it was one people that hit him in the fucking face mask. <laughs> like... Oh, that that was also underthrown, but yeah, I yeah, was like, like that guy. They showed it on replay, and I'm like, wait, I didn't hit the defender. That hit his face. <laughs> yeah, but that's a thing too. 
Yeah. Not but every that, ball's going to be thrown perfect, man. Exactly. You got to make a play. I, I I do this all the time. I don't know how much she actually listens to me, but mostly I hope that she's just doing it for my own therapy. I'm like telling Sarah how football goes. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. just armchair quarterbacking. She loves it when like I'll say something and then the announcers say something right after. She's yeah. like, "Why?" Are you, she hates that. I'm pretty good at predicting them, but on the receiving front, I told her, "I'm like, if it's hitting you in the face mask on a long throw." Sure, you can blame him for not being Tom Brady. But, like, just hold up your run a little bit. Just get your hands up, man. Right. Right. And (sighs) and I I feel like on several of these, again, you take a little bit different angle. Or there was one where I thought the guy could have dove. I'm not saying you have to dive every play. but especially the holding up, like you'll see that from a really good tight end is understanding how to use your body. These are yeah. the little nuances that I think we're lacking. But, but he's not a polished receiver, Braid Lindsay. No. He's just, he's not, he's, he's not. not. And I'm sorry. I know he came, he wants to be trained. That kid has no chance of being drafted. If he does not take humongous, humongous strides within the next yeah. few weeks. Yes. He he's not good right now. Um running backs this whew, whew, um Logan Dix I, I thought he was pretty good last year. The fact well first off he okay he's coming off a an injury a labrum injury as a coach you have him in on third down pass protection. The hell are you doing? He should not be in there. Um, Is that the one he got blown up on the way yeah. to the sack? Yeah, yeah. he like half-assed it and sacked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the fact that he has seven touches, seven carries for seven yards, and Chris Tyree only has five? the fuck is going on? Yeah, there's got to be there's something else going on or everyone's an idiot. Like, that doesn't make any sense that your veteran – clearly most talented back is not a discipline thing. I would imagine he just wouldn't play. So yeah, I don't, I have no idea. And then on top of that, on top of that, one of Tyree's carries was on a fourth and one. He got it. Barely. But Chris, you're only giving the guy five touches. He's a game breaking running back. And one of his five touches on a fourth and one. I like, you can't make this shit up right now, man. Like, it is just so mind boggling what is going on. And like, I don't. Okay, I'm going to get into coaching because I've got a lot to say about Tommy Reese. Um, Well, I I just wanted to close out. I know, I know he's, I know he's hurt, but Buckner had some decent runs when it was called for him. So, I think Pine is at least our best running back. He was. And I think Pine could do a little bit of that. Maybe a draw here and there, maybe a bootleg that you can throw out of. And estimate, I'm, I'm still, the jury's still out for me on that. Um, And I guess we already kind of covered receiving. I think Pine's kind of like a, an Ian book type. So I'm with you on that. I don't think you're going to get what you get with Buckner from him, but you know, you can do the QB draws every now and then and whatnot. He's not as slow as Cone, though. 
So <laughs> no one is, Dr. dude. You and I are. <laughs> um, sure. coaching. Okay. Uh, yeah. Tommy Reese, that's man. Name of the uh, game. Sorry, what'd you say? I said that's the name of this game. This specific game came down to coaching. Yeah, and first off, well, we'll get into this. Sorry, I don't, I don't want to get into that right now. But with Tommy Reese, um, it's so frustrating. Like I said, that you're when Chris Tyree touched the ball, you could just tell he was different than the other running backs. Uh, he, when he touched the ball five times, I know it was, but he was making plays, you know? Um, it's, as a coach, you've got to find, and I understand we have limited weapons on this offense right now, um, and you're working with a new QB, but you, your self-proclaimed genius play calling may work in the NFL, when talents are equal. Um, but when you have a struggling offense, you as a coach have to find a way to put the be- players in the best position to succeed. And whether that be your offensive line struggling, your quarterback struggling, anything like that, it's it's upon you as a play caller to put them in the best position to succeed. And I know yeah. they missed on that one deep ball. <clears throat> that was a good call. But he he so many times he just doesn't put the players in the best position to succeed. And then on top of that, you're talking about Tommy, not yeah, Marcus. Tommy okay. and his, no, no, not Marcus. I have problems with Marcus too. I'll get into that. Um, yeah. But his play calling is so predictable. I'm not a college football coach. I'm not a college football player when I'm sitting at home and I can look at the TV and tell what formation they're in, I know exactly what they're going to run. So if I'm sitting at home, and I know what they're going to run, you know sure as hell, 90% of the time, those coaches and players know what's going to happen too. It's so damn predictable, man. And the running game is a mess, partially due to his play calling. Um it's it's just a goddamn clusterfuck right now, and it's. I know the players have to execute. I'm not excusing them. I'm not. But you, as a coach, need to find a way to put your players in the best position to succeed, and he is not doing that. When your quarterback, you have a young quarterback, staring at the sideline for 20 seconds waiting to see what your big brain wants him to play call to be. Just give the kid a damn play call and let him go out there and do it. Let him stare at the defense for 15 seconds till he feels comfortable. But then you send in a play call with 11 seconds left on the play clock and he's got to go tell everyone what to do. And then he's snapping the ball with three seconds. The kid can't read the defense. He's making everything so much more difficult than it needs to be right now. And it's, I don't know if it's an egotistical thing that he wants to be, known as this great play caller, but it's it sucks. And like I don't know what else to say, but I'm so frustrated with it. Uh, it's bad. I I think that by the way, that brought up another point, thank you, that I had told you on on Saturday. The most frustrating like offensive play 
for me, aside from the pick six, was they they ran down the clock. Uh, it was somewhere near midfield on a third down, ran out of time, called the timeout, the one timeout we didn't have near the end to stop yep. the clock, come back. And then I think that was the play that he's just staring over there and then yeah. had to rush it again. And then when they finally threw it, the two receivers weren't anywhere in the area. So either the receivers messed up, quarterback messed up, or everyone did. But that that comes down and back to coaching 100%. Because y- you're coming out of a, a timeout. You have two plays that you're ready to run, and you let them read it. And you do one. If not, you call to the other. Like, I guess, if yeah, if you really want, you can call over and see what he's seeing from up high. And then audible a new one in, but you clearly show that you're not capable of doing that. That was so frustrating. It, it, and as with a young quarterback too, <clears throat> it, give him the play call and let him look at the defense and visualize the play going on against what defense he thinks he's going to see. He doesn't yeah. have time to do that when you're calling in this play and he has four to five seconds left to snap the ball. You're, you're only hindering this young kid. He's not a fifth-year senior, dude. He's yeah. not. He's not Brady Quinn. He's not Jimmy Clausen. His senior year, you know, like <clears throat> it's it's well, so yeah. frustrating. And so frustrating. The, the other thing to answer to at least partially offer an answer to your your question. There are two two partial answers I could give you. One, this is his third year, right, or third or fourth. Tommy third, I think. And he's clearly had success the last couple of years with the way he's called it. So there's a little bit of, you know, this worked before with similar talent. And then the other aspect I think is, and I mentioned this to you before, they have a scripted set of plays and they'll only diverge from that when it's desperate and and the more i thought about that as frustrating as that was maybe it's just they literally are practicing these other plays way more often that they can't do an end around all the time that's pathetic that's on coaching i I agree i'm just just offering you hypotheticals here no no i know i'm not like i'm just saying that yeah that's terrible if you can't part of being a coordinator is in-game adjustments and, you know, yeah, adjusting what the defense is doing. The past two games, what we've watched, and you can throw in the second half against Oklahoma State in there too. Yeah. When the defense throws something at him, it, so if what he's doing at the beginning of the game is not working, why does it take him – until like this past game, why does it take him until the third quarter to make an adjustment to get it to go correct? You know, like it's so you, you have, yeah. to, I don't care what the kids practice. Like yeah. you have a playbook. You can't just go into a game with 30 plays that you've practiced during the week and be like, well, that's all we're running. You know, like you have to be able to make adjustments. Like it's so frustrating, man. It is so frustrating. And if, I, if the kid, it, can't do the plays like you're saying like the scripted plays then you need to get someone else in there i don't care how talented he is if he can only do certain plays then he can't cut it 
and and I hate to I'm not this you know me I'm not this type of sports fan yeah I'm, I'm like the last to start calling for coaches heads for the Columbus crew I was one of the last to be like all right Porter's got to go or even Brian Kelly right no yeah. I do think the one thing I hate to say it that that Saban's got going for him these last 15 years because as a head coach you know they don't usually call specific blitzes or yeah. you know make suggestions play. on what they, they want to be they yeah. lead and they get they're running an, an organization yeah. and that's where i am still hopeful on freeman yeah. i think that i mean they did this with a, the defensive corner they brought in somebody who has experience who's done it he's maybe not the best of the best, but he's really good. And and what did Saban do with different offensive coordinators? They might be the the pieces of shit you and I hate, but Kiffin and um, yeah, who's the other one? No, uh, starts with an S. Oh, Sarkeesian. He's at Texas Sarkeesian. now. Yeah. He brought in people that knew how to get it done. Good football minds. And, yeah. And I don't. I don't think Tommy doesn't have a spot in, in football. I think he has definitely some talent and he clearly did a lot the last couple of years. And so that's where I'm almost hesitant in my own sort of call here about that. He needs to be replaced with a veteran. I don't know if that was just Kelly or just so much talent or the schedule, or if it really was Tommy or a combination with Tommy on his own. In six halves of football that he's had free reign to do his thing, he's only called one good half. That's it. Yeah. No, so, I, I agree. You know, I, I understand the you know the the sample size isn't very large, but the the simple lack of adjustments that we've watched over the past two games, two two and a half, whatever you want to say, is is laughable it's yeah that's high school coaching and you know and i turn on you know i said i wasn't going to watch football but i turn on the byu baylor game on saturday night and by the way you looks tough man um th- those teams are slinging it around you know mixing it up uh it's just like what what's going on what am i watching with notre dame like I just don't get it, man. I feel like it's that, and I wanted to say this too. In the history of losses over the past 20 years, for me, this ranks right up there with the loss to Tulsa, and here's why. Those other losses, UConn, Duke, Northwestern, stuff like that, those teams were just bad. They were bad and didn't have much talent. Um, this team has plenty of talent. It's got a lot of veterans. I mean, majority of people that came back were on the team last year, like 11 and one, like we lost Cone, Kyron, Kevin Austin. It's really all we lost on offense. Um, defense. Linemen, I thought. Um, no, we didn't lose any linemen. Oh. I don't think Kane Madden, the left guard, but he was pretty trash. Um, then defense, you look at it and we, we didn't really lose anything on defense. Um, it's and in no point in that game Saturday, no point in that game that I think Notre Dame was the better team. 
I thought Marshall just dominated them, man. For majority and of the game, they, I think they were the better yeah. of the team. And that's, that's the most important part. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I look at it and I'm like, Marshall dominated us <laughs> for four quarters. Notre Dame dominated Notre Dame for four quarters. That's pathetic. Pathetic, man. I don't know. It's for me, it is one of the most frustrating games I've ever watched. And I, I, I felt bad for you because I'd send you texts and I'm like, man, he probably hates me right now. But I had to vent because I was so angry. I was so angry. That was me the day before to my buddy Tyler about Columbus Crew stuff, which at some point I think he stopped responding because he just knew he needed to let me rant. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just frustrating. Um, yeah. But I guess we'll get into the defense. The defensive line. What a shit show. Like, Foskey, for being a first-round pick, wasn't going up against a first-round left tackle this time. He was. He made one sack, and then he was in the backfield to make another play and got a face mask penalty. He's 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 been a shadow of the player he was last year. Yeah. And then these defensive linemen, you know, Adam Yola's quote before the year were the baddest motherfuckers around. No, you're not. You guys are getting your ass kicked, man. Um. They did have three sacks, but yeah, and nine tackles for loss. Um, yeah, but they ran for how many yards? 230. That's partly on the linebackers, too. That's where my weak spot is. Yeah, but... Because some of those those times, they would run into gaps, and then the, the, the play call was to the other side. But they were, again, both on the wrong side, whether they had two or three linebackers. Right. Um, and the safeties tackling Ramon Henderson, he looked like a chicken with his head cut off. Huh. Like, he was terrible, man. Terrible and the lot, like you said, the linebackers they just I don't know if it's lack of size, um, but they just can't get off blocks. And they're like you said, when they yeah. run in to fill gaps, it's like the they just gap. run into somebody, you know what I mean? They're just getting eaten up. It's bad, there's not an instinct there, it seems like. I, yeah, I thought the the secondary played okay, yeah, yeah, they, they played decent. Uh, but the biggest problem is, like you said, that that 95-yard drive. If you, and it's back-to-back weeks now. Um, I understand you can be disheartened by how shit this offense is because it is, it's bad. But yeah. you got to have some pride in yourself. You can't let that happen. You can't. I mean, it's, it's third and nine, right in front of your students at the seven-yard line. That's just. You can't let them get a first down there. You can't. Yeah. And, and I can't get on the fans either, too, for not being that loud. Because if I would have been at the game, I would have been depressed. I wouldn't have been making any noise. So, you know. Yeah, I mean that was like the UConn game, just a deflated like, what the hell are we watching? Crowd. Um, I well, I was going to ask you about Marcus, but I do. I do want to do my little special teams because, hey, yeah. if there was one bright spot, there were some kick returns. Yeah. Uh, Irie finally got some blocks, had a 32-yarder. Uh, Styles was given a chance on one of the punt returns. No, that was Joseph. Um, that was I, Joseph. I'm sorry. Yeah, Styles had a, another kickoff return. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Joseph had a you know 15-yarder. Um, and then the punter, 
I'm just saying you he's should never be applauding. He's he's got a leg long as 61, and uh, yeah. So um, the only special teams thing was that onside kick. That was bad. I'm with you on that. Well, the kick was great. I love the fact that it didn't have any un because it's right. really hard to kick an oblong ball and get it to do what you want, and he did. And that guy. That was an easier recovery than the South Florida one that you and I ranted about. You know, like you yeah. should never rely on it, but like it was there and you didn't go and get it. Um, but yeah, special teams still, I guess, better than the other two. Uh, and then intangibles, you know, we're not getting any turnovers. We got some sacks, but we're not getting like that sack that just lights up the crowd. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or any those sorts of plays we haven't had with our greatest play so far is the tipped catch to himself in the, the Ohio yeah. state game. Yeah. I'm with but, it. Yeah. yeah, it is. Nope. Yeah. Freeman. What do you, uh, what are you thoughts so far on the young head coach? So I, I still, I have faith in him and you, you know, we said there was going to be a slip up probably somewhere in the schedule, but I did not think it, it would be Marshall. You know, I did, it won, probably the second or third worst team on your schedule. Maybe not. I mean, look at the Sun Belt this weekend. I'm just yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll see, but we'll see. Uh, they're definitely not. You know, one of your harder things, and that's another thing I wanted to say too. You don't win this week against Cal. You got North Carolina and BYU coming up. Yeah, no. Could be zero and five. Not looking good. Um, it's the honeymoon period's over. It's yeah, like it's welcome sure. to Notre Dame. You know, uh, he's. I think he's went the route of the players' coach, which I'm fine with that. But something's got to change. Uh, I don't know if that means more buddy buddy. Uh, getting in people's asses more. Um, I don't know, but at the end of the day, it falls on him. And that team was not ready to play on Saturday. Um, and, you know, I saw a thing of the pep rally. You know, they're doing like a fruit by the foot, roll up, eat it challenge. And I'm like, that's nice. great. I'm glad the kids are having fun. But. I'm the type of person, and I know the coaches I had growing up, they'd be like, if we lost a game like that, they'd be like, that's gone. You didn't earn that. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't earn that. You got to go out there and earn that. And I hope he does something like that with them to where they need a reality check, man. I think they came in, and a lot, like I said, I'm not excusing the players at all because the players need to execute. but I think the players and some of the coaches, I don't know if Freeman's one of them, but I think they came into this year thinking they were better than they were. And you can get away with that if you're vastly more talented than the teams you play. Um, Which they were more talented than Marshall, but Marshall played their ass off, man. And that's one thing you got to realize too, as the coach of Notre Dame when teams come into Notre Dame, that's 95% of the time, that's their biggest game of the year. They want to beat us. 
So yeah. you have to find a way to get your players up for games. And it's, it's you know, he's off to a rough start, man. First coach in history to be 0-3, you know? I don't know. We'll see. No, I, I'm with you 100%. I, I, I think that was a great way of putting it that the, you know, this, this honeymoon is over. I'm still very much hopeful. I am. I was thinking about this this week. I think I'm not expecting this, and I might obviously have a difference of opinion if it starts going down this route. But like, I'm of the opinion that a coach gets almost one year to do whatever happens in his first recruiting class before I start then laying out the Real judgment. Quick, let me stop you right there. That's one thing I wanted to throw out too. Um, this loss. And if it keeps on getting worse, that's going to affect recruiting. So yeah. he's got to find a way to right the ship. So, sorry, yeah. I just wanted to throw that in there. No, no, I, I, I 100% agree. Um, having said what I said, I don't think if he starts going 0 and 6, 0 and 7, that I'm going to be of the, oh, well, he gets one year, you know, sort right. of thing. Um, but I also, maybe I'm naive or just blinded by really liking the guy. But I'm like, he's not going to do that. He's going to, like, I don't know. I just, I really felt strongly that he understood the culture. He understood how to get kids in this day and age to want to play for Notre Dame. I mean, just the passion of when he was announced to the own, his own players. Like, I don't know. I, I had a lot more expectation that I'm not, I'm not willing to just, tossing the towel i hopefully nobody really is yet but obviously there's some some big concerns and i'm not even saying he has to fire tommy reese mid-season right but there needs to be some firm-handed moves on his part on culture the shock in a way yeah like, shake things up yeah yeah and so we'll yeah we'll see where this goes um I was just checking our upcoming schedule with how many, you know, how teams love to have the bye week ahead of us. Now we got it before to... BYU. Yeah. And BYU plays a, like a Friday game or Thursday game before that. So they have a few extra days. North Carolina is off this week. So they're ready um, for yep. us. Unfortunately, uh, I'm seeing if Cal, nope, Cal played last weekend. So. Yeah. But you know, he's he's staring down the barrel game. right now, man. He is staring down the barrel right now. And yeah. This this week, this game, I really I really firmly believe this that this game he he has to win. Like if there was ever a like, must win, you have to win this game this week. Or yeah. no, I agree. The bottom could fall out of this thing real quick. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think North Carolina is that good. I know they're three and zero, but they played three nobodies and they've given up a lot of. No, they, they played up. They beat Appalachian State at Appalachian State, and we fine. Just they also gave game. up like sixty three points, right? So, <laughs> and then they gave up twenty eight. Shit more against us, that'd probably be only ten points with this offense. So. Who knows? But I think the bigger concern is it's at North Carolina, and it's three yep. um, thirty. It's a, after a bye week for them. But, and then BYU is 
looking legitimately like I'll, I'll see how they play against at Oregon this week, but BYU is going to be a tough game. Um, yep. So I agree with you. I think this is, you know, Cal beat UC Davis is a FCS school and then UNLV who's actually on our schedule, but they, yep. it was a close game with UNLV. Um, but I, yeah, I think coming into your home stadium, the power five team, so hopefully you don't underestimate them. Not not saying that's what happened with Marshall, but but yeah, I agree. If you don't win this one, their their emotions could get away from them, and you could start seeing it tumble, and then all kinds of bad things. Recruiting class. It would be like uh, that three and nine year is what I yeah. what I envision if we don't win this week. Yeah. But, um, I, did they get Manti Teo during that year, though? I can't remember. Because he graduated in 13, so he would have been oh, 11, 10. Nine. No, I guess it would have been after 08. Anyway, um, let's see. All right, let's, uh, let's go into uh, – Do anything else you want to say about the game, or do you want to – we cool? No, I didn't know the... if you wanted to do, do the cow game. Um, let's do what we liked in college football first, then we'll go into the Cal game. Yeah. Cool with that. Um, sure. My favorite game of the weekend that I watched, I didn't watch many because I was so pissed off, but yeah, uh, that Texas Alabama game was a good game. And I really think Texas wins that if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt. Um, good game. Officials were fucking awful though in that game. Really bad officiating. But I don't know if that's more of a a one-off for Texas and a bad game for Alabama, or if Alabama. And on top of that, that was Alabama's first real road game since like 2013. Uh, for a non-conference, non-conference. yeah. Um, especially against a Power Five team. Yeah. yeah well, no, welcome this, to normal the, football. Yeah, this is the shit that's always pissed me off with them. Is they'll get these like eight home game seasons with like an FCS school somewhere in November. And it's like, okay, sure. You might have to go to Auburn or LSU or whatever, or Florida or Georgia every now and then. But like, this isn't the SEC, this is college football. And, right. you know, they, they, they had SC USC scheduled the last couple of years, but those were on down years for USC. So they blew them up. I think, yeah. I thought they did play in the Coliseum in the last decade, but Nope. Either way, it was a new um, game. Oh, was it? The um the play I only saw a little bit because it was at the same time. The end was at the same time, but I saw a highlight later. Um when they were driving, it was second or third and long, and they had him sacked and he dipped under the Texas yeah. guy and scrambled for like twenty some yards and then got him in field goal range. If he makes that tackle, I think they lose the game. Yep. Um and that's that sucks. You know, that's why we love this sport. It comes down to just little things like that, like holding on to a guy, escaping, you know, making something out of nothing type plays. Um and that's why he's a Heisman winner. You know? Yeah. I thought um, the uh Appalachian what, State going to Texas AM pretty pretty intriguing, especially after coming off of such a heartbreaking loss against North Carolina. Yeah, I mean Sunbelt, baby. Yeah. That, <laughs> in my opinion, like, I'm not trying to downplay our loss, but that's a, 
that's a pretty big upset. Um, you know, we yeah. had a lot of questions on our side offensively. I think um, if you want to be a realist, you looked at you didn't look at the Ohio State game with rose-colored glasses. You actually yeah. looked at it the way it was, what you saw. Um, you saw that we had some vulnerabilities in our team. Um, but Texas A&M was touted to be a lot. I know a lot of people, not a lot, but a good amount thought that they could make the playoff legitimately and to lose at home to Appalachian State. That's something, man. Yeah, the three Sunbelt victories, I think that would still be the most shocking um, and then the least shocking is Nebraska's and he got utter fired. fall. He of got fired. He he should have been fired a season ago or more. Like and yeah. I feel bad because he was such a good player for them, and he wants to be successful. Well, it's the same Nebraska, with Tommy Reese but, here. You know what I mean? Yeah, not as good, is. but yeah. I think Nebraska is a tragic story that is on the outside. I never really hated them. I kind of did when they beat us in 2000, but like, whatever. They were in the Big 12, hardly play them. I think they, maybe it was just bad timing, or maybe it was just what was happening and they couldn't get the talent to go to Cornhusker territory or whatever. But ever since joining the Big 10, they just seemed to collapse further and further. And, and they keep losing worse and worse games. What was it last mm-hmm. year? They lost like, seven games by like 10 points total or something single digits yeah yeah it was um it it sucks because you know that fan base has been passionate from their glory one of the best and and for them to have to witness just years of this i i can commiserate i think we both can but some part of me it's just like, man, that's almost tragically hilarious what happens enjoying the Big Ten. Yeah. And I mean, they're the rest of the West. That's one of the fears I have of joining the Big Ten. It's not that yeah. I don't think we could compete. It's just I look at programs like Nebraska and Penn State who. Penn State's done were, all right. Yeah, but they're not what they used to be when they were independent, man. Like people are like, yeah. oh, Penn State, oh, you know. They're not. They're yeah. not on that level anymore. So that's one of my fears of joining the conferences. The yeah. mystique of Notre Dame would go downhill. Um, yeah. One other game I want to point out yeah. was that BYU Baylor game. It's a good game. Um, Baylor. I don't know what the hell they were doing. They just. They didn't throw the ball at all. They just ran. Yeah. And I mean, they almost won the game, but they didn't throw at all, man. They just ran the whole time. And BYU, one thing I will say about BYU is you can tell that they're not the most talented team in the world, but those guys play tough, man. They play hard, and they'll come up and hit you. Yeah. And that's one thing I'm nervous about playing them is what we saw on Saturday. This team just isn't tough right now. And unless something changes, BYU's going to smack them in the mouth. Is this the year we finally lose a Shamrock Series game? Maybe. I, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> like I said, I don't want to like. If if Jinx. we play like we did last weekend, hell yeah, we're gonna lose. But we'll see if anything changes. Um, One last yeah. game that I I basically turned it off. I had had a pretty shitty weekend of sports. Um, my my buddy actually texted me. 
Um, I, I appreciated him. This is my Columbus Crew fan, Tyler. Whereas some of my Cincinnati friends are like in a big group message while they're watching the Bearcats beat up on mm. some FBS school. They're just shitting on Notre Dame. I don't know whether they were doing it intentionally because they knew I was on the thread or not. But I'm like, man, why do people got to mess with me and make me almost resent my own alma mater because they're doing it during that game? Whereas my yeah, other right. friends, like, hey, um, just a health check on my buddy here. I know it's been a rough sports, like obviously being sarcastic, but yeah. also like, you doing all right, man? Sports suck. You rule, Matt. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> thanks, man. And I actually started going into the drama of MLS with him. He's like, what are you doing? Notre fucking Dame lost at home to a Sunbelt conference team. And yeah. you're here telling me about playoffs in the MLS. I feel like emotional here. <laughs> yeah, you and I, and a lot of the people that are going to listen to this, we've, we've been through this and yeah, you know, like I said, I can, I'm surprised we lost, obviously, but it was the way we lost that really made me mad. Um, yeah. It wasn't the fact that we lost to Marshall. Like, yes, that pisses me off, but it was the fact that we were dominated by Marshall. <laughs> That's what upsets me. Um, For sure. We're, I feel like, I don't want to say we're numb to it, but it's like, well, we're disappointed again. What's new? You know, like, yeah. that's the frustrating part. And I had my my parents call me after I went to the gym, at, right after the game. I walked into the gym, and the guy was like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, I'm miserable. I'm a Notre Dame fan. And he started laughing, and I just went to the, the elliptical and ran. And uh, he, uh, but my parents called me later on and they were like hey what's going on we just want to tell you we're sorry i'm like don't even talk about it like yes yeah just shut up right now (laughs) i don't want to hear anything about it so i get it man so no it it was yeah so i i basically turned off sports i didn't even watch other mls games which i normally try to do on saturday or sunday but um i did catch some some of the end and the highlights of uh tennessee pit was actually pretty Pretty interesting overtime game. Yeah. Um, I was kind of pulling for the Panthers. Just, you know. I can't run for anything. Pittsburgh. That's all I don't know. Tennessee losing is – they've also been kind of on the down and out. It's not quite to the Nebraska Mm -hmm. level. But, like, Tennessee has fallen from – you know, they won the first BCS championship in 98. Uh, With T. Martin, right? With who? T. Martin. Yeah, it was the season after Peyton Manning. And yeah. Peyton Manning's last game was beaten up on Tasu in the Citrus Bowl or something. Yep. But I don't know. It's just funny to watch them lose. But I don't. I don't hold anything against Tennessee. I just hate all Pittsburgh sports teams being living in Ohio. So um, there you go. All right, let's go to. I mean, I, we pretty much covered a lot of stuff with Cal. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's anything you want to add in. Um, I don't. I don't know much about them. Um, I heard they have a pretty good defense. Okay. Which could well, be bad for us. <laughs> not good for a pretty terrible offense. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to tell based on just two. All games. right, let's let's do uh, something. Let's do yeah. give me keys to the game. Give me like two or three keys to the game for us to win. Okay. Let me think about that for a second here. I okay, think I know. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I know one for myself is got to find a way to run the ball. You have to find a way to run the ball. If 
our running games. That's what we're supposed to do. Run the ball. We got to find a way. That's that's it for me for that one. See, but that's I think part of the the trap that Tommy Reese has put in his own mind. It, it maybe I know you and I can argue about the the way you run the ball downhill yeah. versus pulling guards or quarterback bootlegs <clears throat> versus you know whatever. Well, it doesn't have to be. So one thing I view as an extension of the run game is quick little passes to the wide receiver on the outside. In my opinion, that is pretty much running the football. So add that in there. Well, see, I think anyone who watched that game should have realized the recipe, to, especially now with Buckner out, you got to stack the line. And if you if you have the corners, which give Marshall credit, they had some aggressive corners, but they they made plays. It's going to be hard to run, and it's going to be hard to do short passes, and they're going to double team your tight end. I think, especially with Pine, my key offensively for the game is seeing if they can find comfortable, confident passes beyond seven eight yards. I think, because otherwise. You won't, there's not a possibility of running the ball unless they're just idiots and letting you run the ball, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, on defense, I want to see a little bit better linebacker play. Yeah, both I was going to say the and same thing. <laughs> that, that's my key to the game. I think the line's playing all right. I understand they got mauled, but, you know, they still have a lot of talent, they still have some sacks. The secondary is doing all right. I think the linebackers need to have a little bit better instinct for um, for where to hit the holes on blitzes and runs and how to work with each other in coverage on, on dime and nickel packages. Um, and then special teams, actually, no, my other key, a turnover. We need I was, a that was going to be my defensive thing, damn it. <laughs> I was going to say turnover, but yeah, I'm, I'm with That's you on fine. that. No, I, think, I think we need something, to, especially at home, to spark the team. Yeah. The, the crowd so any any prediction on the game <laughs> um i, I want to have faith in these guys and like i said if there was ever a week where like i was on the fence about this football team it's this week because i don't know like i said if they're going to come out and just collapse or if they're going to come out and kick ass um this is a big like, – it doesn't make sense to say this, but it really is. This is a big game for the future of Notre Dame football this week. Um, I'm going to say 27-17 Notre Dame. Okay. And I'll, I'll give you a score here in a second. I did pull up – I know it's only two games, but again, mm-hmm. UNLV and UC Davis – 27 points per game, whatever. I'm not going the points allowed or anything, but what's interesting to me is against two, you know, I don't know much about UNLV, but UC Davis is a FCS school, only 119 yard average rushing. So if our secondary does play up to their ability, I think we have a better chance of limiting points for sure. And then, yeah, it's going to really come down to the the Notre Dame's offensive side of the ball. I want to say that they they pull it out late, and 
and 28-24. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just hoping. I just want to have a weekend of football because, you know, being a Bengals fan, I had to watch that Pittsburgh Steelers, like, missing field goals. I just want one game of football I watched this year where I can just relax a little bit and be like, all right, yeah. we're in a good spot. So hopefully they can come out and do something. But if they win, I just want them to win at the end of the day. I don't care. They can. It would be 2 nothing. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Yeah, it could be. They could have Iowa's offense. I don't give a shit. Just win the game. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, anything else you want to add before we end it? Nope. Let's just get a win. Let's get let's get the ship righted and uh, let's have a better sports weekend. Can we? For sure. Dude. <laughs> I hear that so much. <laughs> like that. This past weekend of sports was just the worst. Um, I don't want to say that because it could get worse this weekend. But yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, please uh, please continue the support for the podcast. It means a lot. Um, I know I enjoy getting on here and talking with Matt and venting our frustrations and um, talking Notre Dame football, even though it's been awful. I wish it was under better circumstances, but, you know. So, Keep me alive on this work trip, man. Yeah, right. I, <laughs> I need I need the vent. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, and it's nice that people actually enjoy our, you know, um, our takes slash stupidity that we throw out every week. Um yeah, then send some uh, comments or questions to any other, I don't know, Reddit, or can they leave comments on each of the... Yeah, you I can do it on, I think you can so. do it on iTunes. I don't think you can do it on Spotify, but I know... Uh, so the, the well, format that how this is going to be... Uh, yeah, the format how this is going to be laid out with the uploading is um, the podcast will be uploaded on YouTube first. That's the easiest for me to do. I have a straight link where I can just upload it. It's ready to go right away. Um, then they'll be uploaded on the podcast. I don't know if it'll be a day after I load it up on YouTube or if I'll have... It just depends on the time I have. Um, but it takes a little longer to download onto my hard drive and then upload it onto the podcast. So, um, yeah, just leave a comment on YouTube or iTunes or something. Um, and, uh, you know, like to engage with you people. And, you know, we're, we're just Notre Dame fans, man. We're nothing special. Just like to have fun and talk. So. Fandom after 93. Of course, we're nothing special because it's after 93. <laughs> we're just depressed individuals is what we are. Shit. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. Wish it was under better circumstances after this past week. But yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be up and loaded and you know, pray to God they beat Cal. Go Irish. Go Irish. See you guys.